0: Welcome back everyone. For those of you that are tuning in live, we're watching this later at a later time, which we continue to see many viewers watching later. Uh, I'm Kate Luzio, the founder and CEO of Luminary uh, and the co-host of Navigating the Work Compass with Susan Chapman Hughes to my right or whatever way you're watching. Uh, And we're gonna do a little something different today. We're gonna talk a little bit about what we've heard over the last couple of weeks. So much information, so much advice, real tangible tactical advice. But we're going to actually talk about it in the context of the fact that with the resurgence of, of cases, the Delta variant, many cities, LA County, St. Louis, Savannah, now reinstating mask indoors, we're now seeing a lot of companies thinking, mm, did we do the things too soon by saying come back to work? Is it September? Is it October? Is it now? And really the mental health, the emotional up and downs of all of this, not just this past year, but as we think about return to the office. So okay. Susan, I'm gonna turn it over to you because you've got a number of, of, of tips here and well, what we need to focus
1: on. Absolutely, so I first wanna um, give a shout out to Jane Frazier, who is the CEO yes. of City. Um, yesterday, Jane posted on um, LinkedIn, the need for leaders to be empathetic. Yes. And I thought that was actually um, really poignant because I don't think I've seen a CEO of a major company come out and talk about the need to have empathy. And if there's anything that we need as people are navigating back to the office, it's empathy. Yeah. And with the amount of change that is happening as a result of the Delta variant, it's obviously causing havoc for a lot of people. I mean... Uh, you cannot underscore the mental health challenges that people are going through. I think some leaders have basically said, you know, oh, but our numbers are great. So we're just going to keep moving right. forward or, you know, I don't understand. It doesn't affect me. So I'm just going to keep going. But I will tell you that leaders who actually are empathetic, who understand that their teams are now going through another set of changes. Another. Um, is really are the ones who are going to win, because you're going to have to adapt the way you are engaging um, with your folks. And so the, the what we thought we'd do today is talk about these mental ups and downs and offer some tips that we think are some things that you ought to be thinking about. Can I just add
0: one thing on the Jane yeah. Frazier? Because I think that's such a, a, a great point, a great shout out. Um, you know, her first year as the CEO, a, A woman CEO of a major Wall Street bank. She's actually making waves in some of the decisions that she's making about not bringing her people back until the fall about empathy, about mental health, about, you know, cutting back hours. And I've been reading lots of different, you know, opinions on this. Oh, it's because that's as a woman leader. No, that's as a leader. Right? It doesn't matter what gender we are, that's a leader. And that, that as you talk about empathetic leadership, that is what we all have to have as leaders. And I just think she's a phenomenal example of not being afraid to say some of these things and taking a different path that's than right. many of her peers.
1: Because I think the um, what we're also learning through various examples, whether it's her, whether it's Naomi Osaka, mm. whether it's Simone Biles oh. just yesterday, that people are beginning to speak their truth about what is impacting them and their ability to do their job, right? So, you know, Simone yesterday um, came out and basically said, listen, I'm not in a place mentally where I can do my job safely, so I'm not going to do it. And there's been so many people who have been like, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe she's not doing this. I can't believe she's not doing that. You just need to suck it up. And how many times have we heard that in corporate America? right? Yep. Or just corporate. Just come in, make and it work. Times have we heard this around COVID and around returning to the office, which is like, well, this is the rule. This is just what we're going to do. And so everybody's going to have to just deal with it. And so some of your top performers are going to really struggle with just dealing with it, mm-hmm because you have not helped equip them with the psychological safety necessary for them to feel comfortable to come back to the office. And so that seems to be the buzzword that is thrown around, psychological safety, but that is really um, using empathy to lead to get to that. So what we thought we'd do is share some tips on what we think you can do to help deal with these mental ups and downs and the challenges that are coming. And so the first thing that I think would be great, at least for me, would be get information, right? Uh, Because I think a lot of times the boogeyman comes in the misinformation and or not having the information. Um, I have a really good friend who always creates these really elaborate scenarios of what if, could if, should have in their mind. And I'm always like, don't do that. Just focus on the facts. Facts. Yeah, exactly. And so Get the information. So the first thing I would tell you is understand what's happening in your community as re- as results to the virus today. So everybody's saying, "Oh yes, the Delta variant uh, cases are on the rise." Understand what that means in terms of the number of cases in your community. In your, yeah, think and, about. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I mean I think it's in, it's in your community. If you're not in that community, but you're commuting into that community, if you're sending your kids into that community, right? Because as we're seeing, I mean, here in New York City, we're seeing more and more people coming back into the city, right? For their jobs, they've been asked to come back. Fine, great decision, but understand what's in that vicinity, also what you'd be bringing home.
1: Yes, absolutely. So no, no, just the information around what's happening in community. Ask your company, what is their contingency plan or their plan to deal with when things change because a lot of companies have come out and said hey listen we're coming back in september we're coming back in you know october or whatever that is which are you know to me very arbitrary it is what it is yeah but ask them what are the decision points and how will you make the decision to make a different decision so how will you think about you know what what is it a number is it you know because you know last year for example with the new york city schools they said oh well we 're going to allow kids to go to school until the rates get to three percent. Well, the rates got to three percent, and then they brought all the people home all the kids home from school in the public schools and then all, all, all of a sudden realized that what well, the transition for kids was actually very low, and they could figure out a way to send those kids to school safely right. with higher rates so again, find out what are the decision points that will, your company will use to make the decisions and then ask them how much flexibility will you have in terms of your determination to come back to the office or to engage with other people? Because it isn't just coming back to the office. I've heard some people say, well, we're having team building meetings. We're having offsites. I'm being asked to travel. I'm asked, you know, go see clients. If you have clients, make sure you understand these questions for your clients as well. Um, Because all of those things I think are ways for you to just ground yourself in the facts and su-
0: go ahead. no and susan i think there you know there are many people i mean at luminary we're seeing more and more people coming in we're now imposing sort of are you vaccinated are you not if you're not you have must wear a mask things like that that we're a private business we can do that but there are a lot of people that want to be back in an office there are a lot of people that are back seeing clients and that's that's great so much of this is personal decision making right but Arming yourself with the facts and making sure that you're understanding from your company what their plans are versus we get to September and now it's a new thing you have to deal with, right? Both mentally, mentally, physically, yes. familially, all of these ways, it is really important about you know that we're transparent in our decision making, but also what are those different steps?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, the second thing that um, for me, and again, this is you know my personal opinion, um, and I know it's shared by many people, but not by all, which is get the vaccine. Yes. I know this has like become like a lightning rod politically, and it's also become you know very controversial. and also, I realize that there's some people who just haven't been able to get the vaccine because they still are having trouble with access. And so I would just say for those people, you know, let's try to figure out how you can tap into the networks, whether it's in your city or your county, to be able to get the vaccine. And if you've chosen not to get the vaccine, then please wear a mask. Um, you know, what we do know about COVID is that it, tra- it transmits very easily, especially this Delta variant, through air particles that from your breathing. Um, And so if you have COVID and you're a carrier and you're not vaccinated, the amount of viral load that these are from the CDC, this isn't Susan, is actually going to be very high. And I saw something yesterday that said like the first version of COVID, if you infected somebody, it would really be three people. But with this Delta variant, it's six or more. Wow. Well, that tells you that it's like really, really contagious. And so what I also do know is that I don't want COVID. I don't think you want COVID either. And you don't want your neighbors to have COVID either. So really protecting yourself, doing everything you possibly can to wear a mask where it's appropriate, get the vaccine if it's appropriate for you and your family to reduce the risk of you being able to contract this virus. I think that would be really fantastic and most importantly also not giving it to other people
0: yeah and i think this goes to what you know now we're seeing sort of a not a reversal but an evolution of what companies are thinking about do they require the the vaccine i mean we've seen morgan stanley say it and say if you're coming back into the office you have to have the vaccine um other companies well if you don't have the vaccine you have to wear a mask but some companies and we saw scad and Arps come out and saying that we are going to require that to come back into the office because of what you just said, Susan. Yep. That is a growing list of companies. We're seeing universities and whether it's controversial or not, we all need to be safe. That's and right. so as someone who had COVID um, early uh, when this was you know, just starting last March and April of 2020, I don't want it again. And I also know that there's a reinfection uh, opportunity for those that have been vaccinated. So let's protect ourselves. Right. There's there, there's not, that is for the good of society, not just yourself.
1: Yes. And, you know, it's also been shown that if you are vaccinated and you, give, you wear a mask, you can actually really limit the possibility of- healing. Absolutely. And as Dr. Fauci says, wash your hands. Wash your hands. So you don't want to take, you know, have it on your hands and transmit it right into your mouth or your face. So that's the second thing. Um, the third thing, which to me, to handle the mental ups and downs, to me is the most important piece. And that is around establishing a self-care routine. Hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I, again, you know, thinking about Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, uh, Simone Manuel, like the stress associated with what we've all been going through and ask, being asked to perform despite the fact that you're really struggling mentally means that you yeah. have to take care of yourself. And so the first thing I would say is like, look, if it's appropriate for you to reach out for professional help, you should absolutely do that. You know, Find yourself a psychologist, a therapist, somebody, there's plenty of resources that are available. And, and during COVID, as a result of COVID, I should say, a lot of communities are offering these for free Wow. Right. these kinds of resources for free. So, you know, start there. The second thing is like, and I believe in being very tactical in the way you do this, right? So look at your calendar and ask yourself, how much time have you allotted for self-care for the week? Like what, how much time have you allotted? And then the second thing that you should ask yourself is, what are the things that I do for self-care? And that could be for a lot of people. So I'll give you just a very personal example. Uh, when my mother passed away 12, 13 years ago, I um, was really struggling uh, mm. and really had a hard time, like putting the pieces back together again. And so one of the things that I, uh, or activities or things that I came up with was a a concept that I call a joy list. Mm. Oh, I love this. Yeah. I love to do like, it's like, you know, I, love riding my bike. I love to cook. I love to sing. I love to write. There's just a lot of things I love to do. Um, And so I, when I started feeling like I was really struggling or having a hard time, I would look at that list and figure out how to incorporate some of those things into my day. So even though mentally it was hard, right? Yeah. I still was like actively engaging in things that gave me joy because I knew that there was actually a physical response to that. One of the other things that I had on my list of things that gave me joy is I actually um, got sleep. Because I felt like, you know, my daughter and I oftentimes, you know, laugh because she'll be like, mommy, you know, I don't really feel that great or whatever. Okay, so what's the best medicine, Parker? Well, the first best medicine to me is sleep. Sleep. Okay. Sleep solves so many things. I mean, you think about the number of crazy decisions that you made. If you look back on them, a lot of times it's because you were tired. Yep. You weren't rested. So give your body the opportunity to get some sleep. The second um, best medicine um, to me is water. Like, there's like never underestimate the uh, power of a really <laughs> glass of water. Right. Um, hydration just really helps your body work more effectively and move more effectively and all those things. And so I would just say like, you know, drink some water. The third thing is obviously the food that you eat, right? So um, thinking about from a self-care perspective and I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, you gotta be vegan and you gotta only eat grass and you whatever. Gotta... Cause some things that give you joy have like sugar and like taste good. yeah. Um, but you know, obviously you can't eat it all the time, but figure out like, what are the things that you're gonna eat to nourish your soul? Odds are if you've like really, really struggling and you're normally fine, one of those three things are probably going to help you be in a better situation to make a better decision about what you need. Yeah. I love massages. I also get acupuncture. To me, those are things that are on my self-care list, but like establish a routine of self-care and you have to be unapologetic about it. Yeah. Because people will absolutely, especially between your job and your families and all the other things that you have, they will fill in the time for you. Yeah,
0: personally, for me, you know, I, I put this in place of even just a few weeks ago, what I felt like it has been a tough 15, 16 months to be anyone in this world, but as a small business owner, (laughs) making it through the pandemic Um, on Fridays at three o'clock, I'm done. Yep. And, and I actually have a penalty um, for myself if I go beyond that, because it's the only way I could hold myself accountable um, to actually do it. Um, so your joy list, right? My, one of my things is just Fridays. It's at three. Um, and that's you know just during the summer. I think the other thing when you think about companies and leadership and how they can incorporate some of this is around joy is and we've done this as a team and, and anybody can do this is really putting in place you know, celebrating wins, both personally and professionally. So each week in a team meeting, have everyone go around and talk about a personal win or a personal highlight. Because they're, you're not just, you know, robots in a work situation. Like, what did they do over the weekend? What brings them joy? What 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 happened? Um, and then celebrating a professional win because yeah. it's another opportunity to actually embrace that, you know, we're actually doing this. We've been working. We're all working our butts off. Um, so incorporating those into team meetings or project team meetings, those are little ways as a leader, as a manager, that you can bring that in from a team environment. And oh, by the way, It also shows, you know, what other people are going through, both personally and professionally, right? right? And a a win may just be, I got eight hours of sleep, Susan, or
1: or I got up this morning,
0: or I got up this morning, (laughs) or I hear off, I put on pants, right? those are okay and we're human. And I think that's cool. something as, an, as you know, go back to Jane Frazier and this empathetic leadership. And you talk so much about this, Susan is like, we have got to put in place these practices that are gonna get us through, not just the next couple of months, that's but right. this is forever.
1: Yep, absolutely, it's forever and it will um, continue. And again, I believe that the leaders who tap into these things are gonna be the ones who will be respected, who people will want to work for, who will want, you know, they'll want to engage with. I mean, cause like, listen, nobody wants to work for somebody who doesn't care with them, who sets a terrible right. example of like, you know, we keep seeing so many examples in conversations of people, leaders who were like, oh, well, you know, you're not a hustler if you don't, you know, work 80 hours a week or yeah, we saw that. we here Like last week it was like, oh, 12 if, hour days. Yeah. In order for you to like make it every day, including Saturday and Sunday, which is like, come on people. We are literally still in a pandemic. And if you continue to hold that, people are gonna choose other places to go. All right, so the final thing that I have on my list around how to deal with the ups and downs, and I'm sure you have probably some more, Kate, is like tapping into your community. Um, I think there's this thing that I have um, witnessed and experienced through COVID, which is this sense of community coming together One of the things, you know, living in New York, you know, people think New Yorkers are like really hard and really, you know, difficult. And in some cases, they very well might be. But what I have really recognized is that in any time of struggle or a time of real challenge, New Yorkers really come together to support each other. And what would be really awesome if it was just like that all the time? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, you know, we have this great sense of community that we have developed. I remember at the beginning of COVID, we were all with our pots and pans, pots and pans, you know, dancing and singing and screaming and um, you know, really shouting out people. I mean, let's let's figure out what were the things that brought us together as a community, and let's figure out how we tap into those things to move to move forward. There's so many resources that your community has. Uh, but the other thing I would tell you is figure out what what is your unique talent yes. and gift that you can share with your community. I'm sure there's some young people out there who probably could use some help or some support right now. Maybe you can volunteer to mentor some of them. Yes. You no, know, we have um, through COVID, oddly enough, developed relationships with two or three families that we didn't know before, and it's been really awesome. Mm-hmm. To see our kids have the opportunity to come together and engage. But it's also been awesome for us to figure out how we can help each other and support each other through this. So tap into your community, see what else is out there that you can do or that you can, you know, support or engage. Uh, the wonderful thing about, you know, the fact that, well, I shouldn't say wonderful, but the thing about the, the COVID cases rising is that in many communities across the country, they're still very low. Right. So you still have access to be able to go out and do things and to engage. And also because the weather is good. I mean, you know, relatively good. There are a few really hot days, but because, of the, you know, the weather is pretty good, you can be outside. You can actually appreciate nature. You can, you know, enjoy and engage with the things that are happening around you. So tap into your community. Um, Any other things you think, Kate, that we should put on the list to dealing with the mental ups and downs?
0: Well, I think, you know, from a company standpoint and and for those of you, you know, whether you're a business owner, entrepreneur, you're in transition or you're working for someone. um, Look around you who looks or thinks or you think needs a helping hand. Right. Um, People are, I think, yes, we'll ask for help, but we can also reach out to your point and say, do you need help? What do you need? right now we have gone through four women one of the most excruciating periods of times in our lives right and for even generations before us around women leaving the workforce having to leave the workforce being let go etc yeah. so there are women that out there in particular that need mentoring they need sponsorship they need visibility and exposure so for those of us that can do that reach out look down in your organization and start pulling people up, whether those are women, whether those are those from underrepresented communities, people of color, we know who's been disproportionately impacted during this time. So start pulling them up. If you've never mentored before, get out there. It is not that hard. It's building a relationship, a two-way street. Sponsorship, the amount of women that I have been talking to that are saying, I need someone to sponsor me. I need that exposure. I'm not seeing my boss or the management committee on a day to day basis because I'm not walking through the halls. I need that. It is not hard. Susan, you and I both did this for years and years in corporate America, and we had those that were doing that for we us. We still do
1: it. No, we still do it.
0: Right now. Yeah, But you can do it at any time. And so I challenge all of the leaders out there and managers that are watching is to look around your teams, look around your organizations and start identifying those individuals. For those of you that are looking for mentors and sponsors, don't be shy. Reach out right? Because so much of this personal and professional is now so tied together. Uh, it's one and the same, right? Yeah. So that is my tip, um, particularly for these companies that are looking to bring back their employees to get so much out of them. Let's give a little to them too.
1: Yeah, I'll give a lot to them, right? I mean, I know some companies have rolled out like Calm or other headspace, t- uh, yeah, which are great. And you should take advantage of those. But there's nothing that's going to trump you as a leader leaning in and supporting your people. Absolutely. So, you know, again, to the point of like having, you know, tangible tips, uh, look at your calendar, think about the me- look at the, think about the meetings that you have and then look at the talent on your team or the talent that you know, and ask yourself, how can I incorporate some of these people who either may not be in the meeting Right. Give them an opportunity to present to more senior people or to engage in the strategy session to work through that work Um, and then also make it a point to put time on your calendar, even if it's just 15 minutes as a catch up to introduce yourself to some more junior people. I've heard some um, leaders talk about the value of uh, reverse mentoring programs within their companies This is a phenomenal opportunity for you to do reverse mentoring. I guarantee you that your more junior employees are more in touch with what's happening on the ground than you are. Absolutely. Let me say that again. Your more junior employees are likely more in touch with what's happening on the ground and what's going on around you than you are. Yeah. And so the weapons that you or the arsenal that you can build up as a result of getting in, ter- in real relationship with them is gonna be really, really valuable for you.
0: Yeah, and the last thing that I would add, because we do it all the time together, is peer mentorship, right? Yes. Don't under- don't under- uh, underestimate the value of peer no. mentorship because there's so much to gain from working together, understanding each other, how you can help Absolutely. each other, sharing advice, sharing struggles. Um, and how to overcome that. And so, you know, whether it's a senior mentorship, reverse mentor, peer mentorship, this idea of sponsorship, you know, go out there and find someone that is ready to to help. And for the, again, for those managers and leaders, it is not waiting for someone to come to you. It is identifying those people. And by the way, they're not just the rising stars and the top talent. They're looking across all of the people and saying who's out there that i can help that's um right. so that's my that's my sort of you know little thing i think I've, I've learned that along the way as i've built my career and i certainly am doing it like you said every single day at luminary uh yes. and um and i get so much out of it too right yeah. it's this you is know, not so- just right
1: i have a really um just a little shout out here i have a, a a really good friend who owns a uh a small business in queens she's got a wonderful um, uh, uh, like smoothie, fresh salad shop, um, yeah. Dawn. Uh, it's called the Nourish Spot. And I was- oh, they're members of Luminary, oh. you know, yes. Hey, that's I <laughs> because I went to, I happened to be in Queens yesterday and I was like, listen, I'm going to stop and grab lunch. And um, I was talking to her and somehow or another, we got on the thing of mentorship and support or whatever. And she was like, um yeah, you know, we got this scholarship thing with Luminary and so have you been there and I was like, "Well, ha ha ha, I'm a member and <laughs> Kate and I are really good friends and you know, so it's really again, you're paying it forward in a lot of different ways." Absolutely. So, all right, I think we're at time. Uh but, you know, another great conversation. I know this one is going to spark a lot of discussion. So please, as you have been doing throughout the week, hit us up with your comments, your questions, your um, information, please share, yes. um, enjoy, and, and engage in the conversation. This is really, this topic here is going to be something that we're going to be talking about long past navigating back to the office, because I think we are actually at a sea change where it's about to start to change the way companies engage in the work that we do. So, um, next week, we'll be back with another great uh, episode of Navigating the Work Compass. Uh, We will be probably having some special guests on next week. Uh, Again, as you know, we try to bring them in every couple of weeks so that we can hear external perspectives. So stay tuned for that.
0: Thanks, Susan. Thanks, everyone, for joining. And stay safe and healthy and get protected. Get the vaccine. Take care of yourselves. Thanks. Bye, everyone.